This is the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Hello, it's Mark here and welcome to the Clonmel Podcast, episode 114 for this Friday, December the 16th. And oh dear, it's absolutely freezing today. I think temperatures got down to minus seven in parts of the town today. May have caused some of the pipes to freeze up as we had reports of parts of the town being without water today. I know this also happened last Saturday. Some of the businesses in town were without water as well, which isn't good. How was your week though? Hope it went well. Popped along to see It Runs in the Family at Raheen House last Friday. Well done to the Clonmel Theatre Guild for putting on such a great show. Really enjoyed that. Well done to the Clonmel Rugby Club who beat Sunday's Wells last Saturday. Great win for the lads there. Circle K filling stations had 20 cents off fuel this week. Did you manage to avail on that? Fantastic offer. Even though, let's be honest, it has dropped quite a lot now, petrol and diesel, hasn't it? Well done to all those who attended the Christmas coffee evening at the Church of the Resurrection Hall during the week. €110 was raised for the Clonmel Soup Kitchen, so well done everyone there. Big congratulations to Clonmel's Sean Tobin, who not only won the Antarctic Ice Marathon during the week, but did it in record-breaking time. We're moaning about the minus 7 or 8 degrees here. Can you imagine how Sean fell out there and only wearing little shorts and a vest itself? He should get a medal just for that alone. But well done, Sean. And best of luck to Clonmel Swimming Club's Killian Whelan, who's competing in the Irish National Winter Championships tomorrow in the 50-metre breaststroke. Good luck, Killian. So, what is coming up this week on the Clonmel Podcast? Well, I chat to Aideen Wilde about acting, growing up in town, and her late father, Donal. A PS4 tournament for kids comes to the Clonmel Library. A salsa party, oh yes, at the Coachman, plus bingo jobs and lots more, all on the way. The Clonmel Podcast. Now, the Tipperary Hygiene Bank, based here in town, do such great work. And I caught up with Phil Keogh to find out more. I'm now joined by Phil Keogh from the Tipperary Hygiene Bank based here in Clonmel. Phil, welcome to the Clonmel Podcast. Thank you very much, Mark. Lovely to meet you. For people who don't know, explain the Tipperary Hygiene Bank to us. Uh, Mark, well, we're all familiar with food banks. So this is a hygiene bank. It's hygiene products that we collect uh, locally. Uh, it's a voluntary group. Um, our head charity is in Dublin uh, and it's also registered, set up by three young ladies and about three years ago. And... Um, what our um, aim is, we collect the products locally and distribute them locally. Uh, and you'd say, you know, which has been said to me, do people need hygiene products? Hygiene poverty is absolutely huge. Um, there's 13.6 children who are in deprivation. Um, there would be 48% of people, they'd always prioritise hygiene products for food, for other essentials, for heat, obviously. And uh, 50% of low parents experience poverty. Um, the survey has shown us of recent times that 41% of people do without any hygiene products. So not knowing this, um, we set up here in Clonmel about a year ago and um, we don't have an actual building. You know, when people, um, we say to them, the hygiene bank, they associated us with AIB, with Bank of Ireland. I know they're thinking mm -hmm. visually. Yeah. So then um, you explain and uh, we work from drop off points locally. So we have um, drop off points in Sue Ryder 
there in Mary Street, um, O'Gorman's Pharmacy in Gladstone Street, and also Deals in O'Connell Street. And um, they collect the products for us, but then that people donate. Um, for instance, they could have been gifts. They could be, we'll say, you go to your supermarket, you'd buy two products, give us one. Um, we collect both domestic products. We collect um, products for uh, gentlemen. There are a lot of alone uh, parents uh, where the dad is looking after um, his family and um, meal products are always very much in need. And then the main demand would be the shower gels, the shampoos and deodorants. And they would be our three most in demand products. So then we donate uh, these back into our community partners. Uh, people say, what's a community partner? It's your local charity. It's your soup kitchen with Ina Doyle. Um, it's the resource centre, um, for, particularly for mothers and babies. That's part of one of the resource centre. The other is um, the family section where you have the creche cooking and, uh, lessons, etc. And also uh, where there is um, food parcels available. Um, we have now started with a loan. Uh, we felt as a group um that the elderly were a little bit vulnerable mm. and uh, so we contacted alone and now we're helping about 12 to 14 people uh, quite regularly and um hopefully that's going to work out well and um we also help uh, Tulsa families in crisis um when we talk about families in crisis they are in crisis um I got feedback yesterday uh, from one uh, community person to say that she had gone into a house and uh, the people through difficult circumstances were not registered in the country. They had no access to anything. Their job hadn't worked out through an injury and um, they literally had the fire and they were burning what was available in the house to heat themselves. Um, Also, the walls and the floors were damp and moist. Um, so um, emergency services had really to be brought in that there was three children involved or whatever. Those people were not able to access, but you know, to the goodness of the um, support system around, it was t- tackled. Um, before I go any further, Mark, as well, it's not just me. Um, no. I was interested in this project, contacted Dublin, and I said, where will I start? So I, local community page, which is brilliant, Becky Last, do you remember? Yeah. She set up during yeah. COVID. Yeah, she, she helped hundreds of us around locally and, and, and it's still it's ongoing. So put a little ad in and who comes on board? Anyway, got one reply, but it's all about quality. So Orla uh, uh, Kerr Healy. Uh, all is amazing. Yeah, came on board. We had the chat and yeah, we were on the same page. And uh, so we started from there then and um, we joined up with the Hygiene Bank in Dublin, which are a brilliant team and uh, they give us constant support and uh, they showed us how to operate the system. So uh, we have a unit based here in Clonmel, which we um, have all our products and it's it's quite secure. And the community part, uh, partner managers, they come to us. So discretion is number one, mm. and uh, they collect the goods every week, and then they distribute them, 
and and to the uh, 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 to those that feel most in need. There's also a donation page, isn't there? There is, yes, uh, for people who feel it's a little bit cumbersome, like to go and, you know, get goods and whatever, and then put them into a garments, into our drop-off box, or put them into Sue Ride or whatever. Um, there's an I Donate national page, and uh, so you can just go on that, and there is um, a little uh, tick for Tipperary, and funds come directly to us. Um, all our funds are... Um, they go through our head our head office. We don't deal um, with money whatsoever. Um, when we get pro- uh, products, everything is logged. And when we distribute them, everything is logged. And immediately that goes back to our system in Dublin. So everything is, is, is quite legit. I'm kind of thinking, Phil, as well, with Christmas around the corner, a lot of people may be getting gift sets for Christmas and may not need everything in the gift set so there could be some hygiene products there maybe they could also mm. donate absolutely mark anybody who has they think something is useless they don't like it whatever mm. we would love to get them mm. absolutely love to get them just contact us on our um social media um we have instagram and we also have um facebook for access to us and we would love to collect them we will distribute them for those who don't get gift sets and um we were able to do we were able to do quite a few um this Christmas and above all it's acknowledgement that people matter, um that they mean something to the community, and um, it is very important you know that um our community uh, partners that everybody's dealt with respectfully which is based based in the theory of and the values of what the hygiene bank is about, um discretion is number one. Are you looking for more volunteers at all? Yes, absolutely. Mm. Um, we'd always have some volunteers. Um, and I suppose what we need them is maybe to come up with ideas like at how they would maybe organise some products for us or whatever. Uh, we're not looking for huge commitment. If they can give us a half an hour a month, an hour a month, whatever, uh, we'll certainly wor- um, we will be more than grateful for them. Um, and talking about volunteers, um, our... We could not do this unless we were a team. And as I have mentioned already, Orla, and I'll all, uh, also mention Michelle which is uh, Higgins, which is our social media person and is doing a super job. And then we have um, Lisa uh, Grayson, who is in town as well. And uh, Lisa is behind the scenes as well and a busy mom and uh, but she's constantly making contacts and um trying to organize um a, a different um, collections for us um the other thing which has been great with the hygiene bank you know nationally mm. um is it, it's we're very much in people and the next generation need to be educated to be able for us to tackle hygiene poverty in the country mark um so our board have gotten together and they've created a, a subdivision who have started um, collections within the schools. The schools project has been really, really successful for us. Um, and as well as that, the kids, is they're creating this awareness and we're able to go in now into the schools, create the enthusiasm and they then can do the collections for us. Um, we'd say, for instance, we, we told them about, you know, because you've had a shower this morning, 
there's so many people out there who don't have soap, mm. you know, who don't have hot water. And, and we take it for granted, don't we? Absolutely, yeah. Mm. And um, they couldn't believe us when we say, you know, that nappies have to be reused. Yeah. And uh, But they've been absolutely brilliant. So, again, like that, there are, there are more schools um, that we hope to do projects with. And we've had commitment from two in the local area. And hopefully... If there are any schools out there who'd like to get their transition years or whatever, we'll thoroughly support them. We'll go in and chat to them and whatever. And as a result of that, then we get quite a number of products from them. And uh, we did one with Loretta this year. I think it was over 70 kilos of products. Wow. Yeah. Wow, brilliant. very good. Yeah, transition years and all of that. They were brilliant, you know. And um, so then, you know, obviously the fallout then from that was we, could, we, we had extra distributions within our needy in the area yeah so yeah it's exciting times Um, i don't know what people have seen recently now we've had two biggies pr wise in the past two weeks um um our team in dublin uh Sorka and um kira and rosie they would have um gotten themselves on the virgin media on the um was the previous Sunday and explained our cause of getting our board out there and also you'd have seen it with them in the bag program then was it last um Monday on nationwide, nationwide yeah. and so I think we've sort of arrived once we've been on the nationwide and on Virgin yeah. Media so great credit due to our team as well um you know when you think of it we're only three years up and running yeah you know so and at the moment. The national um, intake of products and distribution has now 38,000 kilos in the country yeah. that we have achieved, which is brilliant. That's fantastic. Um, here in Clonmel, we are, have hit, we're heading on the 1,800 kilos for Clonmel for the year of products that we've distributed. So um, particularly the domestic products. Um, People say, oh, God, you know, I can't afford you. But at the, on the other hand, we could almost get three products, domestic products, household, like mm. we'll say, let it be the washing up liquid, the Mr. Pink, whatever. And uh, we're now fine for maybe just five euros. Mm, mm, mm. Um, so that's a huge help. So we do, we are finding here locally as well, that's about 40% of our products that we're now giving back out into the community partners, our domestic products. Which is a big change. Okay, and once again, just follow you on social media, Tipperary Hygiene Bank on Facebook and also Instagram. And can they contact you direct as well? Absolutely. Um, our email is on uh, on both of those, and uh, immediately we will respond to you. And um, just follow us. Have a look and see what we do, and maybe our our message and our, and um, our vision will get through to people locally and in the area. We hope so. Phil Keogh from the Tipperary Hygiene Bank, thank you. Thank you so much, Mark. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you, Phil. English lessons for people from Ukraine are being held this coming Monday at the Clonmel Resource Centre in Kickham Street. There'll also be a course for adults part-time. Registration is on Wednesday, December the 21st at the Army Barracks. So the best thing to do if I was you is give this guy a call. His name is David Golden and his details are 85 875-0419 085-875-0419 Give David a call and he'll look after you. 
A Christmas market is coming to the Mall in town tomorrow. That's December the 17th. There's lots going on there. Feeling all Christmassy, well worth popping along and maybe grabbing yourself a Christmas bargain as well. The Kloon restaurant, sit-down and deli service has now closed for the Christmas break, but will reopen on Tuesday, the 3rd of January at 9.30am. How about some music? And what a night for this too. Imagine this, right? You've just finished up from work, you're off now for the Christmas break, and you're thinking, I'd like a bit of music and some finger food. Well, the Tipperary Ramblers are coming to Nagel's Bar in Kilsheelan on Friday, the 23rd of December, all gets underway at 9.30pm, and yes, you'll be glad to know, finger food will also be served. And if you don't fancy that, what about this? The Coachmen are having a Christmas salsa party on Wednesday, the 21st of December. That's next Wednesday. And first, you get some salsa lessons between 8 and 9pm with their salsa Cuban class. And then when you've put a few steps together, how about enjoying the salsa Christmas party between 9 and 10pm? The price there is €12. Euros. Kids Yoga and Mindfulness is coming to Clarehan Community Hall on Tuesday the 17th of January. It's for 6 to 10 year olds. There will be weekly one hour sessions done through stories and games. The price is 50 euros for five weeks. It starts at 3.45 to 4.45 p.m. For more details, call this number 87 now, how about winning some cash just in time for Christmas with Hillview Sports Club's Monday Night Bingo? You could grab yourself a grand with the jackpot prize. Prize money is two grand. There'll also be sit-besides and being Christmas hampers with Santa Seamus calling the numbers. All gets underway at 8pm and gift vouchers are also available. Enjoy your night there. A Sensory Santa's Grotto comes to the Tipperary Arts Centre tomorrow and Sunday. That's the 17th and 18th of December. It's free of charge. Each family can book a 15-minute slot where they can have their own time with Santa and also get to take photos and play in the space provided. If you'd like to book, call this number 052612787. The Clonmel Library are having Christmas story time with Irish Sign Language on Friday, the 23rd of December. It starts at 3pm. Now, to book your child's place, call 05261 66130 or email library at ie. Children must be accompanied by an adult and don't forget to wear your Christmas jumpers. Staying with the Clonmel Library, and I'd love to take part in this, but I can't because I'm not between 8 and 14 years old. They are having a FIFA 22 PS4 tournament tomorrow, Saturday. That's the 17th of December. It starts at 2pm, and you have a chance of winning a €50 all-for-one voucher. Nice one. Now, to book your place, email clonmellibrary at tipperarycoco.ie or call 05261 66130. A winter exhibition is currently on at the Narrow Space Gallery in Mitchell Street with some 60 pieces of work from over 20 artists on display. The times are Monday to Saturday from 10.30am to 5.30pm and Sundays 1pm to 5pm. The exhibition runs until the 28th of January next year and well worth a visit. The ETB are holding some free courses starting January the 10th at the Adult Education Centre in Dillon Street. They are computers for beginners, smartphone for beginners, and driver theory test preparation courses. For more, contact Peter on this number 086 043 7260 or 052 61 27543. 
Now, tomorrow, Saturday, Freeman Motorcycles in town are having their annual food drive for the Clonmel Community Soup Kitchen. It's on between 2 and 4 p.m. The food will be escorted to the soup kitchen by the motorcycles, all done up, all Christmassy. And you can still drop in food donations to Freeman's tomorrow between 2 and 4 p.m. For more details and on what you can donate, go to the Freeman Motorcycles social media pages. Tomorrow's Clonmel Park Run should be back starting at 9.30am. All are welcome to attend there, but just in case, keep an eye on their Facebook page for more details. And good luck to everyone doing the Christmas Day and New Year's Day Park Runs too. The Clonmel Rugby Club Split the Bucket Christmas Draw is a guaranteed €1,000 and takes place on December 23rd at 6pm in Eldon's Bar. More details too on their social media pages. The Clonmel AC's four-miler takes place on St. Stephen's Day at midday. Entry fee is €15 online or €20 on the day. You can walk, run or jog. It's entirely up to you. Prizes on the day and get more information on the Clonmel AC 1971 social media pages. You know, good time to work off that turkey and ham after Christmas and then come back and have another turkey sandwich afterwards. Now, don't forget there's free parking in town every Saturday in December. And just to remind you, that is for council-owned car parks only and not the on-street car parks. I did happen to spot the traffic wardens walking around town last week, checking the cars parked up on the street for tickets. So just be aware of that. And hello to our traffic wardens in town, who I'd love to have on the podcast one day. My bucket list of people, one of the traffic wardens in town, Ming from the Chinese restaurant The Emperor, Eddie Harris used to drive the Manila bus. Oh, the list goes on, you know. There's quite a few out there that I hope to get through next year. And also, if you'd like to recommend someone to come on the podcast, please let me know. Email theclonmelpodcast at gmail.com. I'm digressing here, aren't I? Right, let's move on. Now, it's still time to pop along and see Santa. Santa's Grotto is at East Lane this coming Sunday between 2 and 4 p.m. Why not pop along and say hi to Santa? A Christmas drag brunch is coming to the Talbot Hotel with the Dream Girls and guests Tina D. Parton and Kenny Todgers this coming Sunday, the 18th. You get to meet and greet the Dream Girls upon arrival, pose for a photo, have a glass of Prosecco as well. Bingo then starts at 3pm, followed by Light Bites Finger Food and the comedy drag show as well. Doors open at 2pm, showtime is, as I said, at 3. Tickets are €35 and available from Eventbrite. That's set to be a great afternoon, that really is. The South Tipperary Arts Centre have a ceramic showcase on right now. It's on until the 22nd of December, where you can see some fantastic contemporary ceramic work done by some of the region's best. The Clummel Podcast, Job Spot. Jobs this week, what have we got? A hospitality hotel manager is wanted at Raheen House Hotel. Email your CV to Kathy to raheenmarketing at gmail.com. You must have at least two years' experience in hotel management. A cleaning job is going in Clonmel Healthcare, two days per week, Monday and Wednesday, five hours per day, 12.50 an hour. Send your CV to info at mhlcleaning.com or call John on this number, 083 A home delivery driver is wanted at Supermax Clonmel, full or part-time, drop your CV into the restaurant there. Fieldmaster at Gortner Fleur Business Park are looking to hire a full-time sales assistant. You can send your CV to Magella at fieldmasterclonmel.com. Clonmel Credit Union are hiring. They're looking for member service staff. Go to jobs.ie for more details there. Boston Scientific are looking for product builders. More on jobs.bostonscientific.com. 
And finally, Circles in Market Street are looking for staff. All you have to do is drop in to apply. If you'd like to advertise a job on the Clonmel Podcast, email Podcast at gmail.com. Okay, it's time for this week's interview. And last Monday, it was minus two degrees. I made my way to the Blue Way and caught up with Aideen Wilde to find out about her acting, writing, producing, and her father. The Clonmel Podcast. Aideen Wilde, welcome to the Clonmel Podcast. Thank you for having me, Mark. On this cold and chilly, what is it, minus two? It's minus two, yeah. Day, we're here on the uh, <laughs> Blue Way, just looking at the mist coming off the river there as well. It's, uh, it's a lovely sight, isn't it? It's beautiful. I love all of the river walks around Clomel. So um, I thought you looked too comfy in all your Instagram pictures. I said, I'll get this guy out in the cold now. For the- I couldn't even wear my branded jacket because it's not, it's not thick enough. So I've got the big polar jacket out to wear today. It's yeah. so cold. It's chilly. Tell us about yourself. Where in town did you grow up? Oh, well, I grew up uh, just there opposite the railway station. Um, in in uh, Prior Park Terrace, mm. um, which is a beautiful old part of, of town. And really historic, really interesting his- history around there. Prior Park House, I don't know if you remember that, yeah. but um, I had a, a little friend growing up, Eva Harwood, and we used to get to play in around the big old house and in around the the, the, the grounds there. So that was kind of magical as a kid. Must have been cool to go into the, the big old house in Prior Park was as well. It really cool. Now, her birthday was, uh, if I remember correctly, her birthday was Halloween. And her dad, Graham, was very handy and he would build this kind of Halloween den in the basement of the big old Georgian house. That was really terrifying. But apart from that, you know, it was a, it was a really gorgeous place to, to grow up and to play around in. And yeah. Where did you hang about around Pryor Park? Was it mostly around that, that area? Mostly around there. My sisters are, are a good bit older than I am. Mm. Um, Still very young, though, I should say that, just in case they're listening. Um, <laughs> Off the Christmas list. Yeah, oh, God. Um, but uh, so so I think there weren't that many kids in the neighbourhood growing up. And actually, I think, Mark, that's where a lot of my interest in what I do now as an mm. adult came from, because when I was playing house or whatever, I had to play all the parts. Because right. there wasn't really any other kids to do the other roles, you know. We must explain for people who don't know you, you <laughs> yeah. are an actor and producer, yeah. of course, as well. Yeah, writer and, and actor. Excuse yeah, me, writer and right. actor and producer. Well, yeah, <laughs> only when I have to. That's the really hard part, you know. The, the so you, you reckon then a lot of the acting stemmed from your childhood? I, I think so, because I suppose... Uh, like that, as I said, I lived in a kind of um, imagination world a lot. And then I had, a, I started performing at three. So you can hardly walk and talk when oh you're three, God, let three alone. Years yeah, old. I know, yeah. What was the performance? <laughs> it was, uh, I mean, my debut in the White Memorial. Oh, beautiful theatre. Love the White Memorial. Uh, under the um, careful and uh, caring instruction of Mary Cummins. God rest her. God rest her, yeah. Um, and uh, that was a, a three, uh, singing, um, oh, I don't know, Twinkle Twinkle Little Star or something. And, <laughs> um, you know, so like I think it's funny when you when you start doing something and you're that young, mm. it's, it's very hard to break away from it, you mm, know. And so yeah. uh, I think that's partially as well why I've ended up where I have ended up. Um, but then I had great kind of influence in in that area in school and through Mary Cummins and later as a teenager with youth theatre and um, so I suppose performing arts and that world has really been my 
my whole life really mm. um, today. So I feel a bit like Mickey Rooney now at this point. I'm well over the hill, you know. I'm oh, Macaulay Cook and I. Come on. <laughs> I need to come know. on. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, been at it a, a little while now. It's a tough game, isn't it, the acting world? Yeah, it, it really, is, really yeah. is. You yeah, know? yeah. And I think, like, I don't know, for me, it's always been about um, maintaining you know the work mm. rather than like you know trying to be famous or mm. catch a break or anything like that I just wanted to keep working in mm. theatre and performing and uh, even the wider I suppose cultural world I've been very lucky at times when I wasn't performing that I got to work in some really interesting other places as well like Lyric FM or she Lyric FM mm. and um, Cartoon Saloon and stuff like that so when you have to you have to you have to find other ways to supplement your income, you know. But because um, your sister works for Lyric, she's head of. She is. She, is she direct? She's. Um, she's. I think it's the official title. I think. Program director, no. Station manager. Station manager. I Sorry, think, station manager. I'm yes. Not sure. Uh, I think. You better give her a shout out. Hello to Sinead of RT Lyric FM. Um, uh, she wasn't my boss at the time I worked there. So I should hope not. No, she wasn't. That would have been terrible. <laughs> um, and it's a, be- it's, it's a gorgeous place to work. I really loved it. Mm. And so I, I worked there when I was uh, doing my uh, PhD in Mary Eye. Mm. So um, that was... That was a that was a, it's a tough time, you know, when you're slogging away at, at, at study. But um, And what were you doing at the station? I was the um, administrator, so oh, okay. I would look after the, the front of house stuff, really, mm. and um, studio bookings and bill paying and all that kind of thing, you know. So and no kind of aspiration to break into broadcasting. Yeah, no, on I, Lyric? I've done some. Um, I've, I did a few promos and things like that for them. Yeah, you do some voice acting, and I've got a a lyric feature documentary coming up Christmas week I think it might go oh. to air please tell us what it's called oh it's uh, well I don't know what the full title is mm. but it's actually a really interesting story about uh, a woman from Carrick called Dorothea Herbert who was a kind of a I suppose contemporary of Jane Austen and she was a poet and an early feminist and uh, had a very tragic story but it is all about Carrick and mm. the southeast and uh, that period of time there and she was actually I have to get this right now she was diagnosed with um, disappointment in love. Oh, she's got to help us. And uh, she was kind of considered mad for that, and so it was a very oh sad God. story in the end. Uh, so she that, never found love then. I hope she, she did. She. Oh, we're giving away the ending. She, yeah, well, <laughs> tune in. Please you don't know? tell you exactly. Um, I think it's that she. It was unrequited, and it might have sent her. A little bit astray. Oh no. Um, so it's a sad, it's a nice cheery Christmas story there for you now. Christmas week, <laughs> tune into the <laughs> lyrics. Tuning in for that for RTE Lyric <laughs> FM. Um, so yeah, so voice voice work is is part of of the job as well, and um, yeah, it's great to to do that, especially when it's a really interesting project like that. Mm. You know. Do you prefer theatre over TV? Because you appeared on one of my favourite TV shows. Oh, wait, what was Penny that? Dreadful. Oh, yes. What was, before we get, before you <laughs> answer that question, what was it like working on a TV show? Like that was, was it HBO? It was Showtime. Showtime. So that show uh, was my first big gig, mm. really big uh, screen gig, um, around 2014 or thereabouts. And How'd you get the part? Oh, just through just your audition. agent, yeah. through your, do your self-tape, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I was so nervous uh, because I think, you know, there is, there is a lot of, 
excitement and glamour attached to uh, film and TV yeah. work, but it's actually a lot of pressure. So, yeah. for example, that particular show was a $10 million an episode show. Wow. With a, a crew in, in our particular scene of about 60 to 80 people. And when you walk on set, you do not want to be the person who messes this up oh for people. Oh my God, yeah. And so at one point I remember, so you know the, I don't know if you've seen the scene. Oh, I, I won't spoil I, it. Have I seen the scene yet? <laughs> um, I've started watching it again. And this is before I actually knew you, so Mark. now, so now I can't wait to get to the episodes <laughs> that you're in. But it's, a, it's you're right. It's a big production. Um, Eva Green, yeah, uh, uh, Timothy Dalton, yeah. isn't it? It's got a great Josh cast. Hartnett, in it. Billy yeah, Josh Piper. Hartnett, yeah, Billy Piper. Yeah, so it's just so exciting on one level, and then you kind of get there, and you're like, oh my god, what have I gotten myself into? You know, and it's a bit like opening night when you're just about to walk on on stage. You're going why am I doing this? Mm. Like, what's wrong with me, you know? But anyway, you go on set and in the particular scene, I'm playing a, a mother of a young baby. And for, for anyone who doesn't know the show, it's a kind of a horror period drama It is, it's thing. a great show. And so they handed me this uh, silicone baby, which was worth about £25,000. Oh my God. And they're, they're going, be really careful. And... Uh, okay, so we do the scene over and over. We do it from all the different angles, and you've got the director um, giving you acting notes. You've got the AD giving you technical notes. You've got the mic sound guy, you know, with probably with his hand up your skirt in a professional capacity. Yeah, of course, yes. <laughs> um, fixing your this, and you've got hair and makeup doing you, and it's period, so it has to look right. And some of the costumiers are Oscar-winning people, and the the writer is an Oscar winner, and you know, you're going, oh my god. And then, all eyes and all ears are on all you. All eyes and all ears, and it's going okay, you know, it's, you haven't messed up yet. And then they bring out a two-week-old baby for the close-ups. And you've been dropping the silicone baby on the floor on purpose in all the yeah. other takes. And they're like, don't drop this baby. This is a real baby. This is a real living, <laughs> the mom is there, you know. This is just before you go to do the bit where you drop it on the floor. Don't. Oh <laughs> so my God. It's a lot of pressure. Um, and um, but it's exciting and then and I think the more you do the more then you get used to and then you walk on some sets that are really lovely atmosphere yeah. they're a lovely atmosphere and others are maybe not. less pressurised as well yeah and others are not and you don't necessarily when you're a kind of day player is what we call it where you're doing just one or two scenes mm. um, you you don't necessarily know what you're walking into yeah. you know and all that kind of thing but it it's it's cool they, they they generally treat you really well and drive you around and you know and did you get to meet any of the stars of the show at all I did yeah of that particular show yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yes Pretty i did joyful. yeah yes yes had my hair done with billy piper and oh. josh hartnett kind of <laughs> gl glided past me once or twice and i was trying to be professional about it um and yeah and so there's that balance of being starstruck and I was about to like, ask you would you you know kind of get starstruck I I on maybe certain projects you're working I think if there were certain people yeah. I would mm, mm. but um with this I was okay I was generally okay you yeah. know because you're also trying to just stay focused and as I said not be the person who, who messes, messes up. up oh my god <laughs> did that ever happen by the way hopefully um, not I don't mean I'm petty dread for me, maybe somewhere else where you think yeah, I there was Yeah, there this. was another job I did um, where I didn't think I was messing up. But mm. when I saw it afterwards, 
they had dubbed my voice with somebody else's voice, which clearly did not belong to me. You, you can tell. Yeah. And then they had shredded the scene to bits. Oh my god. And I remember the the producer, one of the producers, coming up to give me an acting note on the day, and I thought, well, clearly they don't like me or the choice they've now made. But they are the ones who cast me, you know, when you start to go all this and then that can make you really nervous. Anyway, you know, you just kind of, you just have to laugh and go, oh, well, you know, that's, so, uh, that's showbiz. Uh, well, again, getting back to the, the previous question, theatre or TV or film, what do you prefer? Oh, so they're, they're so, they're so different, so really. Different, aren't they? Um, yeah. I suppose my heart belongs to theatre because um, that's, that's where I started and... Um, that that's my main focus at the moment, but I do love that kind of excitement of, of film uh, work. And now, you know, when you when you get a bit more comfortable and you understand how it works, then it's more enjoyable, you know. Um, so I, I probably I probably uh, should say theatre, though, you know, given that I have a show coming up in July. Plug plug. <laughs> You know, in Clamell, so... <laughs> Tell us more, what's the show, come on. Oh, the show, the show is called Found. Yeah. And it's been co-produced by Clamell Junction Festival, um, my theatre company, Broken Crow, and The Everyman in Cork. And it's, um, it's called Found. And I suppose it's inspired by my family connection to Newfoundland in Canada, um, which is where Dad, my late father, went to make a series of documentaries for... Uh, Ryark in the early 80s and uh, how we grew up kind of with this connection to the place and um, it's inspired by that but it isn't about that at all it's kind of uh, what would you call it it's kind of like oh yeah the tagline <laughs> I'm using at the moment is Bridget Jones meets Indiana Jones <laughs> with the music and song in a pub or a parish hall hopefully yeah so um so that's coming up in Junction Festival 2023 and it should be a good crack night out for people. That's what we need. I mean, and before I, I mentioned your father, which you did there as well, I think the last time we spoke was during that fabulous show in the old Super Queen. Yeah. Everything was go. That's it. That was amazing, Aideen. It really, oh. I thoroughly enjoyed that. And again, what a cast of people you had. Incredible, you incredible bunch of people you know i have to say including paul sheehan yeah. who i'm recommended to be the next james bond oh right okay yeah well we spoke on the podcast being important i said listen <laughs> you are the other man for the job well, very talented actor has he got the dicky bow that would be my question <laughs> um so yeah just that whole experience mark came at a time that was sad a sad time for mm. me um about six months after dad passed and um, it was really uplifting and it was like just that, that that's on account of the people who came forward to give us their time and their creativity yeah. to make something gorgeous in an old shabby supermarket you know but what a great concept it just it really was and it I think it worked so so well didn't it well I hope I hope so I mean I think people really responded to it and loved to be in the space mm. and then loved to see people that they knew performing in the mm. space and this big mad musical number at the end oh and brilliant <laughs> um but you know it was also you know a comment on you know town centers and what is happening yeah. to town centers and why are we letting this happen 
And as a proud Clonmel woman, you know, I felt very passionately about that. Mm. And I felt very passionately about the young people who came forward to be in the show, who we had recruited from outside on the picnic benches, you know, and the c contrast of their youth and vigour and energy and fun um, against this empty town centre was so striking. So I, I was so thrilled that they became part of, of the whole thing. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a big task with Donald Gallagher and Maeve Lambert of Asylum Productions, Cindy Cummings and Dave Boyd, others of the, the creative team. It was a big uh, operation, <laughs> but we got there and everybody rode in and pulled in and thankfully COVID was mostly kept at bay. Mm. So, um, I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was a great show and I just loved the whole idea of it being set in the old Super Quinn stroke super value supermarket yeah, as well yeah and like it, it was beautiful to see it evolve because the guys made it their own you know mm. as time went on and um they would do they, they started to do this thing at the end where they were kind of playing staff members yeah. and at the end of every show they just did this themselves we had nothing to do with it they would go and they would kind of perform um, um form this uh, guard of honor for the audience leaving as the staff thanking people for coming you know and it was just gorgeous you know so there's so much talent and creativity and vitality and in Kamel and one of the things I think is I'm not convinced that we're great at selling ourselves no. as Clamelians, you know mm. and I think that actually is reflected in um you know if I'm honest in how we're using our town mm. as well and you know I don't want to get totally soapboxy about it but I think that we have a lot um, going for us We here. have so much mm. going for us and so many people and so many people who've ended up back here, you know, um, as a result maybe of the pandemic or other things um, and who who have so much to give. Yeah. And we have to start, you know, making sure there are spaces for all of these great people and endeavours to happen, you know. And so if that means that the only place we can do theatre for example is in derelict supermarkets and other derelict spaces yeah, well, well so be it we've got to keep doing it you know so i mean there should be a certain building for that shouldn't there oh well listen you know how many episodes of the podcast <laughs> is this did you say <laughs> tune in next week <laughs> but you know that's okay that's another another conversation maybe yeah. another whole podcast you know we should have a panel discussion for that podcast yeah i think so yeah. well. but you know i have to say there are great people particularly in the arts i mean i'm not i i, I have no doubt that it happens in sports and other things mm. as well because but i'm not particularly sporty but like clean Marin junction festival and her mm. team and um i know that there's other music festivals and you know i think these things are brilliant and is it um, me or is it because of it it was COVID times that more events started to happen this year oh yeah absolutely and I think it was just it was it was a bit slow to come back yeah but I think it was just about confidence audience confidence in yeah. being around and I felt nervous I don't know about you yeah we all did I think I felt nervous to to sit in a theatre surrounded by strangers for a while you know but I'm very glad now that we're we're looks like we're we're out of the woods so to speak in that regard can i um 
talk about your late father, Donal. Yeah. I worked for the Nationalist many years ago, That's and it. also RTE camera and lighting. Yeah. Ca- yeah, lighting cameraman. Lighting cameraman. Excuse me. That's okay. What was what was that like growing up in a household <laughs> when your your father's working for RTE? Um, well, as I kind of uh, have said, um, you know, I grew up in a newsroom. Mm. So we would have, you know, before the mobile phone era, we would have, you know, the Tommy Gormans and the Tom McSweeney's and whatever, ringing us up with, you know, can I talk to your dad? And there's this story and, you know, there'd be kind of excitement if some news was breaking and then, you know, it'd be all off. And dad, you know, was always on call. So was your dad living in town at the time? Yeah, and was based in Watford. Oh, right. Okay. So himself and his cousin, Jim Wilde, who was the sound man, would travel up and down every day or to wherever the story it was primarily the southeast but it wasn't just the southeast i mean dad you know ended up on the the hunt for desi o'hare i think at one point really? all this really exciting stuff you know yeah. news coverage and would have to send tapes before there was digital files you know would have to put them on the train to make sure they made the nine o'clock news or so it was a kind of a high excitement household <laughs> Some days, you know, you'd have to go to work with Dad because there wasn't childcare, you know, or whatever. Yeah, what was that like then? It was mad. Like, you know, I mean, you'd be going to strikes in Waterford Crystal or you'd be going to some factory explosion or you'd be going... My sisters met Celine Dion, like, at the rehearsals for the Eurovision. Oh, my God. So it was cracked, you know, but it was... I suppose now, looking back at it, it was like a real university of life education. Um, and we met all kinds of people in all kinds of situations and learned all kinds of things and sometimes even had to, you know, kind of stand into the shot and pretend we were locals looking at no. salmon jumping. Is that ah, true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My <laughs> sisters were on Bosco. Yeah, they were behind the magic door. I never made it there. I didn't, I didn't make the cut for that. But, um, That's brilliant. Yeah, so <laughs> stand in there or walk away from me. And then, of course, you know, when your father's a photographer, like none of your childhood pictures are like just a candid shots. They're all walk towards the camera there now and don't look at me, but look over the horizon or whatever, you know. <laughs> so um, there was a lot of, of enforced <laughs> posing. But um, uh, it was all very exciting and looking back kind of, that's that's amazing to get to into all those places and so i think again if we're talking about how you end up in the job you end up in yeah i think seeing so many different aspects of life growing up through his work um you know kind of gave me gave me i suppose what would you say it gave me material to draw from or Mm -hmm. yeah experience to draw from um, That's lovely, though, to say, you know, you, you got to do that. You got to experience it all. Yeah, it's amazing. Very exciting. Not not as exciting when the phone would ring at three o'clock in the morning and you no, have to hightail so. it out the door somewhere. But but it's quite funny when you're saying, you look at how technology's changed where the tape had to be on the train yeah. at a certain time to get to Dublin. Yeah, yeah. How, how technology changed mm. even in his career, I think, was kind of amazing because he started out in the 60s or as a you know an apprentice photographer in the nationalist yeah using a box brownie or a, you know all this kind of stuff and then ended up by the time he retired things had gone digital you know so it's a huge amount of learning and relearning and 
uh, rolling with the the technological times there. So Christmas only around the corner as yeah. we are walking the blue way on this minus two degrees afternoon. What's the plan? Well, you know, um, Christmas. I mean, it's it's our second Christmas with our mm. dad, so uh, it'll be low key. Mm. Um, and that's okay. My granddad also, his, uh, who's, they lived in Irishtown, um, Johnny Healy, who's a boxer. Oh. Um, he, he, his anniversary is St. Stephen's Day. So right. it's, it's generally kind of a quiet time, but usually I like to just populate the, the rest of the season with friends and seeing people and getting out and about. Don't you worry, there'll be a few little tipples had here and there now don't you worry a bit about that while we're talking about the festive <laughs> season fun christmas memories have you got a standout one for you oh gosh um i i do but i don't know if small ears can hear it oh right okay so uh i would just say that there were many magical visits from santa claus himself in our house oh wow and that was very exciting <laughs> yeah <laughs> before we finish up aideen favorite place in clonmel Ooh. what would it be for you or have you got many well uh, like look i brought you here because i do love the river and I, I think the, are you okay I'm fine are you okay we should have jogged it and then you'd have been fine I mean you just what, what is it the Germans say there's no such thing as bad weather just bad clothing yeah well I thought my jacket's really good isn't it yeah, but look it doesn't come down long enough but I've just got the know? shorts on instead of the uh, trousers yeah next year when I bring you out here and it's <laughs> minus f- five you'll be you'll have it I do love the river I think it's an amazing amenity for us to have um, but I I actually just really love Clonmel mm. I think Clonmel is a great town and uh, I just want to to be part of or to see it thrive and um, so yeah that that's my favorite Okay. Part of Clonmel. All well, of it. <laughs> thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure having the chat and a walk on the Blue Way with you and have a very Merry Christmas as well, Aideen. Thank, thank you. you, Mark. The Clonmel Podcast. Thank you, Aideen. And there we have it. That is the Clonmel Podcast for this Friday, the 16th of December. Now, coming next week, it's the final podcast of the year, our Christmas special, where we take a look at some of the best bits over the last year. If you'd like to get in contact, you can email the Clonmel Podcast at gmail.com. Once again, you'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And of course, on the website, www.theclonmelpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Produced by West 10 Audio Productions. Your town, your podcast.